Welcome to Parenting Kids and Dogs 101, a limited series podcast for parents who live with kids and dogs, or plan to. I'm your host, Michelle Stern, the founder of Pooch Parenting. I'm not just a certified professional dog trainer and former teacher, I'm a mom too. In each episode of this series, I hope you feel like I'm chatting with you, one parent to another, about life with kids and dogs answering common questions my clients ask me, and giving you simple solutions to make your life easier and safer. I hope you'll subscribe and join me for the whole series. And don't forget to grab the accompanying workbook at poochparenting.net slash podcast workbook. Enjoy! In episode five, I'm going to discuss the best practices for supervising kids and dogs. Now, before you roll your eyes at me and tell me I've mentioned this already, I will agree with you. I have mentioned it already, but there is a reason for that. And that is that most people have a misunderstanding of what supervision truly is. And I think because of that, we end up with a lot of kids getting bitten, a lot of dogs getting rehomed or even euthanized. And so I think it's really worth taking just a few minutes and diving in and discussing what supervision is not and what supervision is so that you can set yourself, your kids and your dog up for as much success as possible. First things first, though, I want to remind you that this is a no judgment zone and that you do not know what you do not know. And so I want this to be your starting ground for knowing better and doing better. So what I'm going to do here is dive in and talk a little bit about what supervision is not. And if you see some of your own behaviors included in this list, don't beat yourself up over it because like I said, you don't know what you don't know. And after listening to this, you will know. Okay. So be nice to yourself. All right, let's get started. What supervision is not simply being in the same room as your kids and dogs. That's not supervising because you might not be watching. You might be napping, for example. So here's another one. Napping on the sofa while your kids and dogs play together even separately, in the same room. Sleeping at night with your dog on your bed and your infant in the same room. Now, I know you may love sleeping with your dog, and I do too. And that's okay if you want your dog to keep sleeping with you. However, the baby will then have to sleep in a different room. So you need to prioritize and figure out if you want your baby in your room or if you want your dog in your room. And if you want both in the same room, then if your dog is comfortable in a crate, that's something we can discuss. And I'm also happy to work with my students to customize a plan based on your needs. But at the end of the day, a loose dog and a loose baby in the same room at night when you're sleeping and therefore not watching is not supervising. Okay, moving on. Scrolling social media, talking on the phone, or playing Candy Crush, my guilty pleasure by the way, uh, while your kids and dogs are in the same space is not supervising. Making dinner, folding laundry, or taking a shower while your kids and dogs are in the same room, again, not supervising because you're focusing on other stuff. And driving, if your dog is loose in the back seat or within reach of your child, You're not supervising because you're watching the road, which you should be, so that's a good thing. If you like what you're hearing so far, don't forget to grab the free workbook that comes with this limited podcast series. 
All you need to do is head over to my website, poochparenting.net slash podcast workbook. All right. I know it's probably pretty overwhelming to think about all of the things that you cannot do while supervising your kids and dogs at the same time. Makes it seem really difficult to be a parent, right? So what I want to do is be proactive and I want to tell you some things you can do that involve supervising your kids and dogs. So if somebody tells you, always supervise your kids and dogs, you can say, ah, I know what this means now. Here's some things that are included in that list. So here we go. Giving 100% of your attention to your kids and dogs together. I know that seems impossible, but we can carve out some time in our day where we are all engaged together. And I'm going to give you a couple of, of examples right here. So sitting between your dog and child as they play calmly on the floor. That's a great one. Sitting between your dog and child as you watch a TV or movie. This could be up on the sofa, it could be on the floor, it could be in a big beanbag together. If your dog does not guard spaces, then we're all good. But you have to remember your body is between the two of them. So your infant or toddler can't accidentally grab your dog's fur or your curious toddler can't poke your dog in the eye because you're sitting right there and you're paying attention. So you can literally body block. Okay, when else? Well, if you're sitting between your dog and child as you read books together. Okay, you're not always going to be sitting in between them. Let's get real. So what else can you do? You can play games with them. Now, we do want to make sure that your dog can't run over your child and knock them down and jump on them. So depending on how active the game is, you could have your dog on a leash during some of these games, for example. Another thing that you can do is help your child of any age or even different developmental stages or coordination levels. You can help your child toss balls or toys or treats to your dog over a baby gate. And if your child is too young to throw things, then they can roll a ball, for example, instead of throwing it. You can also use barriers. So your dog could be on one side of a barrier while your child is in the room with you while you take a shower or make dinner, or fold laundry. It may feel overwhelming, but it is truly possible to supervise kids and dogs at the same time. Now, I realize that some people just get really lucky, they don't pay much attention, and their dog and child together are fine, but you are taking a fairly big risk by not paying full attention to their interactions. And also, you should know about these kinds of things so that if you're hosting a play date, you're taking extra precautions to make sure that other people's kids stay safe. And you might want to ask other parents how they manage situations between the dogs and kids if your child goes to their house for a play date. Because we don't want our child playing around, you know, for example, a bunch of knives on the kitchen counter or drugs that are left out, right? We want to be really careful when we have our kids in other places. And dogs are no different. So I want to empower you to feel brave and have some of those difficult conversations and to be proactive. You can use management tools like pens, baby gates, leashes, crates, even doors. I will link to some of my favorites in the show notes. But overall, when you know better, you do better. And it's always best to use some of these strategies to supervise your kids and dogs to ensure that nobody makes a mistake. Your kids your dog, your partner, the babysitter, etc. Hope you found this helpful. Thanks for listening. 
It's only natural for questions about our kids and dogs to arise from time to time, especially as our babies grow up and our dogs mature. And if I'm being honest, it's not really worth asking for free advice from friends or even online because you can't rely on the accuracy of the feedback you're getting. If you'd like to learn more about the Pooch Parenting Society, where I offer practical life and science-based tips and strategies, ongoing support, and a safe place to share, head on over to safekidsanddogs.com. From one parent to another, I see you, and I promise that you're not alone. Thanks for listening.